Hello everyone and welcome back to my podcast where I tell folk tales, folklore, myths and legends from across the globe. This season I'm spending a fair amount of time on the devil. And well, I shall continue that throughout this episode as well. Though, uh, moving on from here, uh, I've looked at the numbers and downloads and things from my episodes. You all seem to kind of prefer it when I tell stories and not do folklore stuff, so... What I'm probably going to be doing, moving forward, is doing some folklore stuff, and then a story, and then a folklore, and a story, then a folklore, then a story, blah 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 blah. I may tie the folklore into the tale that I'm going to tell, as I've got a story that I want to tell, um, that we can also do some folklore on, so maybe that'll be the next episode. Well, the next episode will obviously be Faust, uh, Act 2, and then... Uh, after that, I will probably do folklore and then the story that kind of connects to that. And we'll still keep doing Faust until that's done. So, as you might hear in the background, I have just moved into my own apartment uh, in Mexico. It's a nice apartment, but this country doesn't seem to know what double glazing is. And I am next to a main road, so you might hear... Uh, cars in the background. I'll do my best to get rid of the car sounds. Um, we'll see quite a few motorbikes, loud motorbikes going past, so I'll do my best to cut out those if I can. So I do apologise, but we'll see what happens. Anyway, today, ladies, gentlemen, Faye, and all those who are non-corporeal, we shall continue to look at the devil in the landscape. We have some places named for the devil, places where the devil has left a mark, and even maybe meet a child of the devil. Uh, We shall visit various places around Europe and the British Isles as well in this episode, so grab yourself a drink and enjoy the tales. First stop on today's tour is Slovenia, where not quite the devil, but hell. We're going to go to a place called Jamapekel, or Hell Cave, or Cave of Hell, depending on how you want to translate it. Though this three million year old cave does not have connections directly to Old Nick, the cave is thought to have got its names from the fact that the entrance is very dark and very foreboding, leading to the idea that the devil might live inside. It's very craggy, you can kind of make out stalactites and stalagmites as you go into it, and it is very black very dark so also the fact that um warm water vapor or mist rolls out of the cave entrance every now and then kind of adds to the eerie vibe as well so i can imagine if you walk up as the sun sets and it's kind of got this eerie glow of the sun setting this dark cave billowing out warm vapor might make it look as if something is breathing down there Pekel means hell, and was used in Slovenia to name things such as chasms and caves, deep shafts, and other spooky, dark, narrow places. There's even a place in the region in a region called Kropa, where Pekel referred to a blacksmith's shop, bringing in the dark, hot, hellish environment and connection to the devil. And as we know, there are many tales of the devil and blacksmiths. 
On a history note, um, Jamalpakal is apparently the only cave in Slovenia where Paleolithic human remains have been found. So it is old and inhabited by the ghosts of ancient humans. And the devil, maybe. We're going to head back to the British Isles for a bit. Um, we're going to go to Wales this time, where there is a very odd bridge. It's quite tall um, and goes over some falls. The bridge is known as the Devil's Bridge. It's not actually one bridge. It's three on top of each other. Didn't look at why there were three built on top of each other. I just looked at the story as to why it's called Devil's Bridge. So uh, the story here goes that the devil built the original bridge because an old woman lost a cow. The lady in question lost the animal and after searching for it, saw it on the other side of the gorge. And at that time, there was no bridge for her to cross. So God knows how the cow got there. But the devil comes hopping along and offers to build a bridge for her. But only if he could take the soul of the first living thing that crossed the bridge. Him thinking it would be her, as she wanted her cow back so very badly. Nope. She tricked the devil and sent her dog across instead. Poor Ickle Doggo. She then crossed and got her cow. So, devil being tricked, as per usual. The bridge first appeared with the name Devil's Bridge in around 1734. Um, before that, it was known as, I'm going to butcher some Welsh here, Pontafinac, which means Bridge Over the Minach or Bridge Over the Monk, which was the name of the river at the time. The steps down the steep side of the gorge next to the bridge are known as Jacob's Ladder. And there are many of these across the UK. There's one in Derbyshire near Edale, off the top of my head. Um, and probably many across the world. And this is re in reference to the ladder built, the ladder to heaven built by Jacob in the book of Genesis. Not sure why we name things after that, but when they're not ladders, they're just steps. But anyway. Uh, let's hop back over the channel and head back into mainland Europe, this time to France, where we're going to go to a place and meet a person. Uh, first, we're going to go to a small French town uh, called Mortain in Normandy. Mortain? Mortain. Mortain. We'll go with Mortain. Here we have a connection to an event of biblical prehistory. And in this case, we're less looking at devil and more Satan uh, and Lucifer, I suppose. So there's an epic clash in biblical prehistory where a load of angels started to beat the crap out of each other because some wanted free will and wanted to do their own thing. And at this point, we're going to look at Satan and or Lucifer, depending on your, your ideas, and the archangel Mikael, Michael. You can argue about the pronunciation, Samael, Mikael, and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, this was good versus evil, cats versus dogs, me versus pop music. Uh, the final battle where the fallen angels fought against heaven. And this was the big last showdown. Where Mike, Archangel Mike, threw Lucy out of heaven and down to hell. But how does this connect to the small town in Normandy, France? Well, according to local folklore and tradition, both Michael and Lucy lived in Normandy for many centuries. How to make yourself seem like an important place when you're not? 
let's connect ourselves to two rather big biblical characters. Anyway, the tale goes that they got into a bit of an argument over something. Maybe what is more important, saving a bug or praying to God for a forever. Something benign like that. Anyway, the argument got heated and they ended up having a few fisticuffs on top of Mont Saint-Michel. And in a move that will be repeated later in their lives, Mikhail yeeted Satan off and he landed near the town of Montan, where, skidding to a halt, uh, he grabbed on a rock and he left some claw marks that can still be seen today. So, this place is not named for the devil, but there are devil claw marks that you can go and see. He's left his mark on the land. Next up, we're going to go meet some royalty. I suppose, not royalty, dukes and duke duchesses. There's a bit of royalty in this one. So, anyway. So, there was a French duke from around the same area who had a thing with the devil. This story comes from around the late 12th to early 13th century and involves the Duke and Duchess of Normandy. Now, as any good Duke is wont, he wanted a child. He wanted someone to pass on his land to. But they were struggling to conceive. So they prayed and prayed and prayed to God for a child. But God was all like, nah, I'm busy elsewhere. Like, have you seen all these knights heading over to Jerusalem in my name and causing a ruckus? I've got other things to do. You, you, you just tough. So, desperately wanting the child, who do they turn to? Well, good old Satan himself. And well, lo and behold, nine months later, Robert le Diable was born. Uh, due to the nature of his begetting and birth... Young Rob grew up apparently quite cruel and bloodthirsty. He was a chip off the old block of daddy, stepdaddy, uncle, or whatever relation the devil is to him. Uh, He teamed up with a load of brigands and ran around causing all manner of trouble, including just plain murder, killing seven hermits for funsies. And somehow, after all of this, he seemed to have an epiphany and was like, Oh shit dude, I'm like all evil and shit. Maybe I should stop. And it was at this point his mum was all, well, like, yes, well, mm, about that. You're, um, like, the son of the devil and all evil and shit. Sorry about that. My bad. Maybe should have told you. And so after his change of heart, he tried to convince his murderous companions to give up their evil ways. And they were all like, hell nah, bruh. It was your idea, and we like it. We like a bit of the killing and a bit of the murdering and a bit of the stealing. Look at all this gold we've got. So, being the lesser of the evils, good boy Rob continues his murderous ways and kills them all. So, not really learning his lesson here, I feel. And after this, he, he thinks, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't have done that, and buggers off to Rome. Um, and this is where he meets the Pope. But the Pope is like, no, you're a bit of an asshole. Fuck off and live with a hermit. So, bit of a twist of irony. Killed a load of them. Now he's being forced to live with a hermit. However, this hermit was a bit of a top bloke uh, and taught Rob how to achieve penance for his bad behaviour. And also, I like to think he was having a bit of a laugh at uh, murdery Rob's expense. He told him to act stupid, pretend he was mad, and argue with dogs about food. 
And because he was so good at playing the fool, he got a job as a jester in the Emperor's Palace. Where, for some reason, an angel decided he needed a bit of help. But, like, on the secret hush-hush kind of thing, because fuck knows why an angel would help the child of the devil. But here we are. So with this secret help of an angel, he gets some armour and goes off to fight the Saracens and helps save Rome. Mr. Emperor Dude is rather impressed with him, and he gives Rob a crown and his daughter to marry. This apparently is enough for his penance, and he marries the girl and moves back to Normandy, and loads of other stuff happens that is good and wholesome for the guy. And yeah, saves mother from evil person, blah 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 blah. Anyway, you can actually visit the remains of his old house, um, his old chateau, the Chateau de Robert le Diable, sometimes referred to as Chateau de Molineux, because, well, that's where it's at, Molineux near Rouen in Normandy. Next up, we're going to move away from France, and we're going to go a little bit east, and we're going to go to Germany, and the Bavarian city of Munich, to be precise, and their Frauenkirche, or the Church of Our Lady where here we have a strange tale of diabolical nature. Now, I say tale, there are actually several versions of this tale, and similar tales across all of Europe. But we shall tell this one. Jörg von Helsbach wanted to build a new cathedral in Munich, uh, but, well, building a cathedral is quite expensive, and he was rather short on funds to complete the project. So, who should show up and help him? Well, the devil, of course. He said he would give him the funds on one condition. That he builds the church with no windows. It is a celebration of darkness rather than light. Jorg, not one to to turn down money, accepted. And he finished the church. And after he finished the church, he invited the devil to survey the building. And the devil came and entered the church. And what he saw pleased him. Though it was light inside, it was quite bright. There were no windows that he could see upon entering. Key here, upon entering. Because he didn't walk around the building at first. He just walked straight through the front door. But as he moved further in, and he went past the columns, he realised that he had been tricked. The devil never seems to learn, does he? He always get, he always tries to do these tricks and the, these things to get people, but somehow people are more intelligent than him in most of these stories, but whatever. Anyway, as he moved past behind the columns, he noticed something that shouldn't be there. There were some rather large windows. And now this obviously pissed off the devil. He, he, he'd asked for them not to be there. And, well, they are there. And so he got very, very angry, and he stamped his foot in burning rage, forever leaving his footprint in the cathedral floor. And apparently that's the only bad thing that happened here. Uh, the, the, the devil didn't really do anything else in this story, in this version of the story. So I think Jorg got away quite lightly, and the devil's a bit of a tit. I'd have probably destroyed the church and Jorg. Uh, but anyway... Uh, if you go to the church, uh, the Frauenkirche in Munich, you can actually see the um, devil's footprint, I suppose, maybe. 
because, well, unfortunately, there's just some holes in this story when you look at the church. And one big one is, as you enter through the front doors of the church, on the far end, smack bang in front of you, there is a massive stained glass window. In no way blocked by the columns. So in its current state, the church was probably not built or funded by the devil. However, the church has been rebuilt many, many times. And this kind of comes in with the other part of it, the footprint itself. So the church has been rebuilt many, many times, and most recently in 1944. And according to the church and the the rectors and people at the church, the footprint there is actually a reconstruction. No one seems to know when it was done or when the footprint first appeared but the current one is not the original footprint. So it is possible then that the first imprint may have been the devil's, as nobody knows where it came from. Or it's just a misshapen rock in the floor. I'll leave that one up to you to decide. So let's go back from mainland Europe. Let's head west and we're going to head to the Emerald Isles. Somewhere that is a long way to go. It's a long way to go to Tipperary. Uh, sorry about that. We're going to go to County Tipperary uh, and in Ireland, and specifically Glenarray. Here, there is a strange rock formation on the top of a mountain. Large hill. There's no real mountains around there. It looks almost as if something has taken a bite out of it. And well... Local legends would have you believe this was done by the devil. The rock was apparently so hard that, as he bit into it, he broke his tooth and spat it out. It is thought that the tooth now forms the Rock of Cashel, which is a landmark about 20 miles south-ish of the mountain. Fun little story. For some reason the devil wanted to take the bite out of the mountain, Mountain broke his tooth, so he spat it out. Um, and it's it's a nice little story, but uh, don't look too closely at the rocks of the uh, mountain, because it's made of sandstone, which is not known for being tooth-breakingly hard. And the rock of Cashel is made of limestone, uh, so calcified dead sea creatures. And white, so at a stretch you could see it as a tooth. But also, no. Anyway, so that was a little little place from mine. And let's head a bit northeast, pop over the water, and we're going to go to Bonnie, Scotland, and to the Finnick Glen. Here is home to some rather weird water and a strange rock that holds a dark tail. Welcome to the Devil's Pulpit where it is said the devil stands behind a strange mushroom-shaped rock and addresses his followers as they stand in blood-red water. It is also said that secret meetings were once held here by the ancient druids, and that the water runs red as the rock was used by evil witches to conduct executions. However, the truth of the matter is that Underneath the water, there's some sandstone rocks, which make the water red. 
So leaching through the, the rocks and kind of mixing in the rocks and the water makes it red. Though this doesn't actually stop the place from having a very eerie feel to it. The gorge and the glen are verdant with green mosses, and thin beams of sunlight break through the leaves, shining on bubbling ruby-red waters. You can kind of imagine how it's got its reputation from this, this imagery. Now, we're going to go back for our last two bits of folklore and stories, back to mainland Europe. We're going to go, I suppose, east and north a bit, and we're going to go to Lithuania. We're going to visit one site and find out a bit about the devil and geology. Now, Lithuania is a place covered in tales and places named for the devil. And there's over 400 that have been documented. And no, I'm not going to do all 400, as that would take forever. I don't have the desire, and I don't read Lithuanian. So you'll have to deal with the ones that I could find that are translated into English, and be happy with that. But first, on our list, we have the Devil's Pit in Augstadvaris Regional Park. This one is a very deep pit, and has unknown origins but we do know people have been in the area since at least the 3rd century BCE. There are theories of how the deep pit was formed, but no actual concrete answer. So they're all just theories, and most of them involve water or glacial meltwater, or the devil, if you want to go the folklore route, which is what we're doing. So there are a few stories of how it formed. One of them is involves the devil, which we'll get to, and there's some other ones. The first story goes that a long time ago, a church once stood on the spot where the pit is now located. And one day, a villager was walking past the church. He saw the priest up there, and he was being, well, inappropriate with a young girl. Church, young people, inappropriate. Kel surprise. The villager, being a good person, got a little bit angry at the priest, and yelled that he deserved to fall into a deep hole in the ground. And well, both the priest and the girl did fall deep into the ground as a large hole opened up beneath them. And now, they say, on days when it rains and there is water in the pit, you can see the old church towers and honest men can hear the church bells ring. Another story goes that God saw the priest kissing a local matron and got pissed off at this because, well, priests shouldn't be doing things like that. And much like the devil in Munich, he, rather than smashing his foot down, he smashed his fist down. And he did it so hard that the church and the priest were smashed deep into the ground, creating the pit. But now, what about the devil? Well, it is said that the devils have midnight feasts here, and that at night you can hear them screaming and raving. And I kind of like to imagine this is like a 90s illegal rave, acid house, happy faces, all that kind of stuff. And those who pass this at night are able to see the devils having this party. Maybe it's just a load of local youths just out having an illegal rave. Hmm, who knows. So if you're in that part of the world and you're a good person, you might hear some bells ringing or you might see some devils having a party. Kind of cool, that. And now for our last little bit, on to the final bit of devil in the landscape folklore. Here we have the Devil's Fingers, 
This tale comes from Lithuanian mythology and the beliefs of the ancient peoples of the Baltics. Here, the god Perkinus, or Thunder God, was one day throwing stones at the devil during a storm, because why not? Devil's annoying, throw stones at him. For each stone that missed, however, uh, they ended up buried deep in the ground, because, well, he's a thunder god, he's probably going to have a little bit of strength behind his throws. These stones, however, reappear years, years later. These stones are of many colours, and are known as either the devil's fingers or thunder bullets. They can be used as amulets of protection against devils, evil witches and evil spirits, and if they are kept in a home, that house will never be struck by lightning. So there we have it. We've travelled across the world and seen and heard various tales of the devil in the landscape. I hope you enjoyed them and learned some fun things along the way, and maybe made some holiday plans to go visit some of these places. Obviously, next episode will be Faust Act 2, because I'm going to be in the US next week, so I won't be recording anything, uh, and you just get a pre-recorded Faust Act 2. Then it'll be around Halloween, so I might do the folklore of something I'm thinking of that relates to the devil, or we might I might do some spooky ghost stories. We'll see. You seem to prefer it when I tell stories, so anyway, I'm going to Salem next week, so hee <laughs> hee. Uh, you can find me, oh well, yeah, find me over on the socials where I don't do anything. Especially now that I've just seen that Twitter twatface Elon Musk is running a test in the Philippines and New Zealand where he's going to charge people a subscription fee. One dollar a year. The best place to get me is email, which is thedrunkenstoryteller.uk at gmail.com. So if you've got any... um suggestions or anything like that do get in contact with me via email all that is left for me to say is goodbye my friends